Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Deathbed. I like this part. Here's the part. I don't, I don't, no, don't do that. We're out of there? Okay, okay, good, good. Let me say, just at the top of this episode of As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio, the guitar player playing the thing and singing the thing and then the kick drum underneath, not a good look. Just don't do that because that's the thing that you do when you're trying to figure out how the song goes. You should graduate out of that. Then find something different and then go forward. That being said, this song, they go forward. They go forward very well. It's a bad start. Little nice little guitar intro, David Anthony. And in my opinion, my Tim Crisp, uh, the co-host of As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, really falls a little bit, but then it picks back up. You know, um, I think you've kind of summarized my thoughts almost exactly, but here's what I'm going to say. You and I... Did an experiment a few months ago on Patreon. Oh, oh, okay, right, right. Patreon.com slash as you were. You can pledge a monthly amount and in exchange for what? Bonus content? Bonus content. Long episodes. Oh, Real yeah. long episodes. Uh-huh. Some other uh, other ephemera, some nice merch that's uh, quite good. Huh. Merchandise, huh? Love merchandising. Um, But we did this thing a couple months ago, maybe longer where we resequence the album Crimson. Mm-hmm. And this was something that I've wanted to do for years because as I've said, I think that record's kind of poorly sequenced. But in going through it, I realized how difficult that was. There's a lot of like extraneous stuff on the ends and starts of songs. It, and even in going through that, I was like, I don't really like that but that much. Mm. But when I listened to it in preparation for this, I think I enjoyed it more than I ever have before and i was shocked by that that is so wild to think that you have invested time in the way that you have on top of being a big fan of this yes band and this record and now for the first time so what was it what what exactly uh kicked in for you well, I'll tell you that the kick drum and vocal thing does not work for me, and I don't love that. Mm-hmm. I think I've always been put off by the song for at least a couple of reasons. One, the lead is okay, but it's not really... I, I think it's always felt like a different kind of band to me in some of the parts of the song, so that like lead line, a little iffy. I don't love it. I don't hate it. That intro of just the you know kick drum and Skiba playing guitar and singing, don't love it. But going through it this time, I was just really struck by how strong I felt the chorus was. I really like Matt's vocal melodies. I think his performance is really good. I think Dan's accompaniment is really good. And the couple of lines he sings here and there are really strong. Yes, exactly. But I think it always suffered just because of placement because the songs before it, I, I like a lot more. So when it comes up on the album, even when I was doing the resequencing project, it starts in such a way where I don't like the first 35 seconds, 
So it's really hard for me to mentally remember that I like parts of it a lot, much less think like, oh, it sits better somewhere else, purely because I think it kind of fumbles out of the gate. It does. And I went back and looked at both of our resequencings of the Crimson and neither of us included this song on it. Yeah. And my reasoning wasn't quite the same as yours, but it was similar in just that kind of fumbly yeah. aspect to it where one of the, the the keys for resequencing the record for me was to get something that flowed a little bit better. And when yes. you have something that starts off in, you know, I like that little lead, but I really don't like that. And the song, you know, I've always thought picked up really really well it's always like the second half of of the verse yeah, yeah yeah both times around i i'm really really locked in on same um the first half of the first one not really the second one it's like okay a little bit better yeah but it's disruptive in a way and i i think another thing i don't like is that the intro to that first verse beyond that musical motif is the like don't love that that's Calling a tough sell all for me. Cars, all corners. It's just, it's a little cringy to me. You know, it's one of those things that's a little hard for me to get past right out. Like, it's got you a little wide eyed, deep in surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, just below my thighs, your dog farted. Uh, Amazing that this dog is still farting after I, a full week. She's still farting in here. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. This is this is one of those interesting things where I think when we discussed this, I don't remember verbatim, but I was like, this is a great like B-side to a seven inch or maybe like another single song. And I still think I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think on Crimson, I may not like this song, but I think if this was on a seven inch or an EP or something, I might feel totally differently about it. I think this is a song where the context surrounding it is is something I can't really get past. It's It's an interesting placement too i mean i know that we're we're honing in a lot on uh on the sequencing of of crimson here but it's to me crimson starts great it fumbles and then mercy me is just such a perfect yeah song that it kind of refreshes everything for me Hmm. like looking at it now and having had you know negative experiences with it and then positive experiences and now being able to wrap that all together and and have a full fully formed perspective of it crimson uh mercy me like takes out a lot of the sins of of what precedes it and i honestly really like the way this song does start off here because it feels like mercy me recenters it and then this is a song that follows it and it has a lot of different little shifts going on mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it sort of gives you a perspective on what's about to follow yeah because yeah. we have you know Matt song dan song Matt song Matt song but crimson is really a it's a record that's a lot of a lot of different textures going on yes. and Matt and Dan both contributing a lot yeah, I mean, I think this uh, part of my issue with the song is I've kind of always connected it to at least since the next record came out. So it reminds me a lot of Calling All Skeletons. 
Like it's kind of got a similar, it's not one-to-one. So please don't jump down my throat, everyone. But like that beginning is very similar. It's, 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 it's a recontextualizing that same idea. Instead of a kick drum, he's going to play guitar and we're all going to clap, mm-hmm. you know, which say what you will, whatever. Um, so the song feels a little cloying up top. Like they wanted to write a single and then it went a completely different way mm-hmm. or they had that, the body of it. And then we're like, well, how do we make it a, a fucking pop song? And I think that it's just always felt like that beginning has been kind of grafted on. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I said, like I've really come around on it. And I think I, this is the type of song that I could see a lot of people really having a strong affection for it now that I maybe would not have, I probably wouldn't have said that a few months ago, but now I think I've kind of clued into why people like it. And I think what function it serves. And I think to your point for me, I'm a burn apologist We've been through this. Mm-hmm. So for me, Burn, which I think has a really strong chorus and a really strong outro going into Mercy Me, is such a fucking great part of this record. Yes. I think a really well-crafted, well-sequenced part of this, especially with how Burn drops out into that guitar line cutting right in. And it's just always felt like, oh, well, like Mercy Me is like the pop song on this record. So then to have a lesser version of it, following i think has always kind of colored it for me it's just kind of always felt like yeah well you just did a better version so this is not there it's interesting to me because i don't really think i've ever made a connection with this being crafted as a pop song i have always looked at this as um kind of the beginning of you know the the real heart of of crimson as being something that is different from everything preceding it, just with sure. the interactions of everybody and the different types of sounds that are happening and and that being an aspect of Crimson, which is the fact that it's a, it's a production record. Yeah. It's a lot of thought putting in put into different things that we can do with this not only just in different sounds but how do we make dynamic shifts happen how do we have a song that doesn't necessarily just go in the same sort of direction that we're used to seeing with this band who's a very verse chorus yeah verse chorus band so this song to me has always felt uh not necessarily crafted in a pop sense but more in a album sequ not sequencing sense but this song to me serves a purpose beyond uh not beyond but just in terms of the record itself not sure. as the standalone single sure does that make I, sense no 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 that does make sense and i think i think you're definitely right on with how how it flows mm-hmm. i think part of that is because i think it has such a uniquely kind of i don't want to say mournful chorus but it's it's a little forlorn it's a little pulled back yeah it's not it's not super in your face and that's why i think that beginning is kind of always graded on me is because it feels like a hallmark of kind of what would come later it doesn't belong Uh, and i think it it, really doesn't belong it really doesn't and this record is really the start of matt doing that type of guitar pattern Mm -hmm. you know that kind of chunky you know riff where there's a lot of open space in between Mm-hmm. And you see that really just beat into the ground on the next couple of releases. Yeah. And like the, the opening line, it's so cheese. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that this is a song where Matt actually does a really nice walk on the line of of cheese, but also giving you just enough space with that imagery to where it's not overbearing. Yeah. And that first line doesn't really fit in with any of that. No, and I think the chorus, and, and this is something I feel like happens kind of a lot with him, is there are certain times where he's telling a story, and I think this song's a good example of like when he hits the chorus, maybe it's just the vocal melody that softens it for me, but I think when he's telling that part of it, you know, extending this like tragic kind right. of kind of scene, it's more impactful. But I, so, I feel like sometimes when he gets into the verses, he's like, all right, instead of giving you the picture, which I just painted, mm-hmm. now I'm just going to say facts. Like, he's just giving you details. Like, the ambulance's license plate number was as follows. And it's just like, yeah. I, that's where I struggle with him sometimes. And I think that's what's maybe always been my issue with this, is that this song has a lot of, like, there's some slight clever moments, but they're often like kind of buttressed up against like stuff that really makes me roll my eyes. Yeah. Um, the like, God, the hostage time release, no how and elbow grease. Like actually I, I, I'm, I'm with you for this point, this general point. I love that elbow grease. Line. Uh, see, no, I, I like, don't know why. Th- that's what I mean is I like that part, but I hate the hostage time. Like, right. That right. doesn't add anything here. The know-how and elbow grease is like a kind of like clever turn of phrase for you to insert in what we're getting to, especially with how it kind of leads into what Dan does there. But he's he does a lot of that in this song to me where I'm like, bad line, good line, bad line, good. Like, it's just like almost yeah. jumping back and forth between things that kind of grate on me and things I think are really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it wasn't until really isolating the song just being like i'm putting on deathbed a thing i have never done before right and being like oh shit yeah there's similar to what we were talking about tuck me in i'm more forgiving because of when i came to it i think i hit this song at an age where i was becoming more critical Mm -hmm. uh, or more open to being like investigating what i liked and didn't like and why so i think maybe this song is kind of always hung in my brain more that way yes um because i think that when we talked about tuck me in there was an aspect of looking back and and saying like oh that wasn't that wasn't good yeah too bad yeah whereas my total my honest experience listening to these back to back my brain was going, oh, Tuck Me In, I like that song. Oh, Deathbed, I don't like that song. And listening to them in sequence, I was like, oh, I like Deathbed more. That's a better song. Yeah. And never would have fucking said that unless we did this project. It's it's so it's so wild. Because I, I, I don't know what it is that I've... I immediately didn't like it and liked it at the same time. And I remember i think i remember like when i was first listening to this record and first experiencing it and then getting to you know usually you remember a chorus and that's yeah, how yeah, you yeah. pin a song and for me it was that, that elbow grease song right? <laughs> yes, I, I really yes. like that that lyric for some reason and i think that looking at it now there's something that i really appreciate in the fact that Breaking it down, this is a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus song. Totally. 
but the shifts that happen, they all seem to, they just indicate a sense of thought and yeah. a, a meticulousness that didn't exist on a song like Tuck Me In, which absolutely suffered from the fact that it's kind of just it's just a standard yeah fast gotta get through this song yeah it's gotta go here this song i think to me is listening to crimson there's a lot of stuff where you listen to time to waste i would say even burn i uh i was a prayer there's so many songs that sound really really well written a lot of time spent considering like song structure tones of instruments melodies harmonies like just really, really worked over. And I think this song had always felt a little to me like, all right, that one's good enough. And, yes. and maybe that's maybe that's still true, but maybe that impulse wasn't wrong because there are such high points that seem to have come really naturally out of it. The way the verses and choruses flow into one another, especially the second half of those choruses, mm. or, or verses rather, it's like, no, that's a pretty natural thing. I just think they... Had they done that for the entire thing, you know, where it was not the kind of staccato guitar riff, it just felt more nothing. Because you, you look at it and you see, okay, these verses divided in half, it's it's the same second half on both, and you're trying to do something different for the first one, yes. the first half on the first, and the first half on the second. And the first one is just unfortunately very bad yeah and it's, it's tough for I, me. I think that the second one is not great but better and when you when you kind of i think that there's a there's a feeling of a, a sense of like i don't know i get something good out of going into that second half on the second verse where it's like, oh, okay, cool. We're repeating that part again. Mm-hmm. And the way Dan's vocal comes in and leads yes. you into this chorus. And the chorus is huge on this song. It as really you, is. As you talked about, like just that soaring vocal melody. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me, I think, to analyze this song and analyze songs like it where, you know, it's easy to pick out aspects of Matt's lyrics in particular yeah. where you say, come on, dude, don't say that. But they found me face down in the street on mm-hmm. the night you left. That's not a great line, but the amount of work that goes into the delivery to take it there is so good and fulfilling that... I don't need to think about maybe that being an unoriginal line. Sure. Right? It's sure. like it's like all of the all of the parts in the report card of this song are so are so high or yeah. at least like that you can forgive certain aspects of it. You could Yeah. I mean I think that's an interesting point because I think I, I kind of said this earlier, but there's a little bit of like the melody is doing so much work and the vocal performance is doing so much work that the fact that that's not an A plus line kind of breezes past me. Right. You know, and especially too when it's, it's in this era too where there's a lot of heartbreak songs that just don't have the actual heartbreak. No, totally, totally. Right? Like nothing being expressed in there, mm-hmm. you know, 
And this, and this isn't that. And I think that's what makes part of this tough is like when we're talking about isolating that like first part of the verse on each verse. If it was just on the second one and the song started differently, I don't think I would really bat as much of an eye at it. Mm-hmm. But it's that, you know, it, the fact that everything pulls back, it's guitar and lyrics, it's putting your full attention right here. And I think maybe this is a little bit because of what came after. So I, I acknowledge that now, but I hear him do that type of vocal thing so much yep. that it just feels like the start of Matt Skiba autopilot, mm-hmm. which is unfair to the song itself because it predates that. But the song feels like, I think it was always kind of anchored in my head as like a test case for, all right, uh, this is where I can point to that as almost being the start of when those elements begin to appear Absolutely. a little more. Absolutely. And, and that's unfair to what it is mm-hmm. because it's a pretty good song. I... I agree with you uh, very, very much so on that. This is this is not patient zero, but there's things in here where it's like, oh no, hot yeah. topic. But I really have come to appreciate the work that went into Crimson. Yeah, and I obviously I wasn't in the room, but it feels like a record where someone like Jerry Finn is going in here and saying like, okay, what you need to do here is figure out a way to make this pop Mm -hmm. and to do this. And if you really want to make your chorus big, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta slow it down and then pick it up. And they really, really make it happen out of a, out of a bad place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I've said it just this. sucks that he says calling all cars and all corridors because that's so stupid. Yeah. It's also not how that works. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think part of this for me is just like, we need every coroner in the tri-state yeah. area on hand. Yeah. It's like, why do, <laughs> did 30,000 people die? Um, any, yeah, I guess it's that's a, the dead one is the group of 30,000. <laughs> yes. Um, it's really tragic. We shouldn't be making light of a tragedy. Yeah, here. never forget. Let's um, prevent this tragedy. Uh, yeah, that would be good. Um, I guess that's the thing is I've said this before on this podcast, and I do believe and I do mean this with them is like I would prefer a song like this where maybe I don't love all of it, but I see the work that went into it, and maybe it's more of a noble failure than just like generic okay song. Mm-hmm. And you know, with that in mind, I, I think this is not a failure. But there's a lot of work, there's a lot of moving pieces, and for the most part, it works. Yeah, and I, it's to me, it's a song that also just, it's a really, really solid incline. That mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just it obviously starts at a low place, but that bridge, that is a yeah. fucking bridge. It's really good, and it's a really, really just smooth transition to what you know the way you, he would go back into the verse and all you got to do is you have that open space there, just change the guitar pattern yep. and everything falls. And fucking Derek. Oh, oh God. Derek is so good on this record. He really is. And like he overplays sometimes. Yes. But when you give him a space to get really choppy, oh. mm-hmm. he he's, he definitely overplays in spots, but I think he's also very good at doing something that's, pretty complex and making it fit a song and also sound very effortless and i think there's a lot of examples through 
through this record of that. And I think this song is a really good highlight of like making a somewhat straightforward song really have a lot of dynamic thrust to it. Mm-hmm. And that, that pickup, and that nice little studio effect there to hit that last chorus and really take it home. Um, can't, I can, I don't know if I like the ending. I, mm. it's a little bit, it's a little hokey, but at the same time, I, I think I'm, I think that I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it if only because I feel like by that point they've earned the hokiness. Yes. And I think that's the difference is like, I'll forgive someone maybe slipping into something hokey but when you start there it's harder for me to forgive it and i think that's just like it's why deathbed for years and years was a song i just skipped you know Mm -hmm. and now i'm more inclined to let it breathe because i i like where it gets to and when it when it transitions into a little hokey bit i'm more like well you gave me a good two minutes right right and i i think that it's interesting to to go back and to to see that uh, to examine the fact that neither of us in- included it because of the way it's disruptive, mm-hmm. but also to get to that end, and we're both signed on. Yeah. And in a way, it really does work where it is, you know, zits and all. Yeah. There's a really good song hidden behind some brush there in that, like, you can kind of make it out when you're looking for it and when you are willing to go up to it and be like, oh, shit, this is actually really cool. And I think I've just always kind of just had this blocker in my brain where I'm like, oh, it's not that good of a song. And and now I, I do feel differently. Yeah, I think this doesn't happen often. <laughs> I think I know that we've spent a lot of time talking about the beginning of this song, but shockingly so. Uh I I just I feel that the kick drum everything you know except the vocal and the guitar thing that's such a practice space thing that you see that's mm-hmm. a, anybody who's made music with other people before knows how that process goes of workshopping a, a song and having it just all right wrote this thing, like, try and follow along with me and we'll play it a few times and we'll get it through. The fact that that exists within something that is just such a great studio yes. labor, it's it's a weird thing. It just doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what pulls me out so much is it's like, this is the thing that you do the second time you play it and here's the thing that you do after you've fucking worked so hard to make it pop. Yeah, it's it's a song where I feel like it it slightly gets overlooked because it's around so much other material that clearly had a lot of time and attention put toward it. And I think if this song had another couple days of work from all parties involved mm-hmm. and, and there wasn't a commitment to maybe that intro riff, maybe there was just a slightly cleaner way to get to a first verse that was more complete. Yes, I think you have a really good song there. I think that they really backed themselves into a corner with that first line. Which, like, honestly, he wa- like... He wants it to pop. He wants that to be a, a real call. And he never had done things like that. That kind of, like, like, he never really fucked around with stuff like that. So it's like, I appreciate the boldness of, like, I am committing 
in full. So like that that's what I mean when I say more of the noble failure thing. Like it's not necessarily a bad song. And I respect him just being like, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and really try and make this work. And I'm really gonna fucking try and sell it. So like I guess for that reason, one can see this in a positive light of like, oh, that is like a full commitment to premise. I, I maybe don't love what the premise is, but you know he's really trying for something. Maybe I would make completely different decisions there. And as you can tell, I would, I don't know. There's, there's something about it now that I see a little more worth in than I ever had. And I think it's interesting to talk about songs like this because I don't know. It's just so rare that a song I've known for 14 fucking years, I can now meet on a different set of terms. And probably wouldn't have at any other point where it's just like, because this also isn't a song they play that much. It's not like, I don't know where it sits in the fan canon of like, is this mm-hmm. something we all love or not? But to me, I've just never really heard anyone like stump for it. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of always sat there in the back of my brain. And now I actually had to consider it. And well, I feel differently. We're all growing. Mm-hmm. What do you rate it? I'm going to give it a three and a half. I'm going to give it a three. Um, and I think that that's, uh, God, it's just so great to see you growing up. I know. I'm a big boy now. Oh, we have done so much growing over here. And grow we will. Continue onward. Calling all uh, people who monitor growth. We got a, we got a live one here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's where I was going. Um, hey. It's a goddamn pleasure, as David, always. Every week, having you come over to talk and hang, and it's just so nice to have so many people out there who are enjoying it and taking part and participating. We invite you to rate it. We haven't asked you to do that in a long time. I know you should rate it, and if you haven't, do it. Helps us out. Write a review. Push us up a little bit in the uh, in the song by song uh, podcast charts. Yes, yes. Of which there are so many. Yes, some and good, some fine, some some good, some good. The Nimrods, we love them. Good boys. Uh, subscribe to that. Subscribe to ours. We invite you to go on over to Patreon, Patreon.com/slash As You Were. Can help us keep the lights on help us to continue to bring great content and have access to more content over there. We go long sometimes and we get a lot of enjoyment out of it. We got some swag over there. Do it up. Patreon.com slash as you were. Show is free regardless. So come back next week. We'll see you then. Thanks, buddies.